And I want to welcome all of you that are here. I know we've got some guests that are here with our seniors, and we welcome you. We welcome those that are watching online, and we're always blessed to have people uh, that are sharing services with us online. Uh, Lynette and I actually joined you in worship the last two weeks uh, by technology, and we were blessed to be able to do that and be a part of the worship uh, that you were participating in and joining in. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 12. Uh, my family told me you might want to reference why we have scaffolding behind us. Well, we, we started, we decided we were going to start doing this every year when we honor uh, our graduates at the end of service since they're now going into the workforce uh, we're going to have them disassemble this scaffolding so they can get a little taste of what that's like. And so that's why that's up there this morning. Uh, but no, we're actually working on a shade that uh, goes up there on the window. So some people had asked. Uh, again, next Sunday, Mother's Day. Uh, boy, we've got a uh, gift uh, in the 8.30 service and 10.30 service, there will be a drawing. One lucky mother will get to take home an awesome gift that any lady uh, would love to have. So we uh, look forward to honoring our moms next week. would love to have you join us as we do that. Uh, it's good to be back with you uh, this morning. Lynette and I uh, have missed our church family terribly these past two Sundays. Hello. Grandma got a new baby at church. Oh, you got to show her off. I know I miss some from time to time, but y'all are like on the front row. I can't miss that. All right, now what's her name again? Aubrey Blake. Aubrey Blake. Congratulations. <laughs> Kyle and Heather, are y'all getting any sleep? I mean, Kyle is. <laughs> You'll pay for that, brother. I'm just telling you. You should have had twins. Nobody sleeps. Uh, but we miss being with you, and I know uh, you enjoyed our district superintendent week four last, Dr. Mark Lindstrom. Uh, he shared a powerful message, and uh, we enjoyed uh, hearing that. He's a good friend, and he's a great leader for our district. We're blessed to have a man of God like Mark Lindstrom and his family leading us, and I appreciate the message that he shared. And then last week, we joined in, and uh, with you, and, and Hunter preached a, a powerful message from a very difficult passage of Scripture. I, I appreciate someone who's in their early years of ministry that's willing to tackle the difficult teachings of Jesus in Scripture. And uh, he did a phenomenal job, and I was, I was challenged uh, by that message last week, and I appreciate his willingness to, uh, to uh, bring that to our attentions. But he mentioned last week that Lynette and I weren't here because uh, we've spent uh, some time up in Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, many of you know that I've been battling some health issues over the past year that we believe began with tick fever. And uh, But we had an amazing visit at Mayo. Uh, it's an unbelievable place. We're beyond blessed to have had the opportunity to get to go and visit with some of the best doctors in, in the United States and just to be a part of that. Uh, we're pleased with the results. 
and we feel really good about our plan going forward uh, as, as it relates to my health, and we're looking forward to the future. This past week, I got a text from an old friend. I uh, used to go to church here. They moved away, and uh, they attend another Nazarene church now. But he sent me a text this week, had a picture. And it was a picture from his Bible, and there was a note beside a passage of Scripture there that said, Steve's first message as senior pastor, May 1, 2011. And you know, I really hadn't given it much thought, but this weekend I celebrate completing my 10th year as your pastor, and we have been so blessed. 15 years prior to that, I was your youth pastor. Folks, I've been here a while. Uh, That's a long time, 25 years, and uh, we're so excited to still be here and be a part of what God is doing in Greenbrier but we're looking forward to the next 25 years serving you and uh, serving beside you as we work here in Greenbrier. I hope that's the board's plan uh, because that's our plan to be here for another 25 years. But uh, this morning, I simply want to look at a subject this morning that we are all exhaustively, if that's a word, and that's COVID-19 and the pandemic. When I was a youth pastor, and I've even said it here from this platform before, specifically in talking about reading the Bible and getting in good routines to get you closer to God, I would often say studies show that if you do something for 21 consecutive days, then it becomes a habit, and you just naturally will do that. But yet a year later, I find myself standing at the door of Walmart's, turning around, going back to my truck for a mask. After a year, you think we would have learned, and I'm not alone. I saw people doing that all the time. Another mind-boggling thing that I've learned just recently as COVID is coming to an end is how scared people would be of an FDA-approved vaccine. But yet they will run to the feed store to take horse medicine to try to keep from getting it. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to laugh at all. I'm telling you, if you're taking horse medicine, you need to quit making fun of people with purple hair. Just saying, all right? Seriously. Some of y'all get y'all's feelings hurt over the silliest things. And I hurt them. But seriously, this morning, I think we'd be making a huge mistake if we didn't look back in retrospect and see what we've learned over this past year. And and here in Luke's Gospel, in chapter 12, Jesus speaks to the matter of interpreting the times that we live in. And he's talking to religious people who know a lot about Scripture and are very educated and they are... So very religious. And he said to the crowd in Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 54. When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot. And it is. 
hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Jesus, again, is talking to religious people. And he's saying, you can tell by how the wind blows. You can tell by watching the clouds in the sky what the weather's going to do. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? You people who are so educated in your religion, how is it that you cannot interpret and understand and acknowledge and see that the Son of God is standing in front of you and you don't even know it? And so, I believe this question, how do we interpret this present time? I believe it's a great question for us to ask. So what did we learn from COVID-19 and the pandemic? Well, the first thing we should have learned is this, and it's the importance of loving your neighbor. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 39, Love your neighbor as yourself. He says the second greatest command, the first, love God with all your heart. And he said the second is this, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Because here's the deal, friend. When you love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, Loving your neighbor will just be a natural response to that. Caring for your neighbor. Caring about the well-being of your neighbor. The health of your neighbor. It'll just be the fruit of loving God. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And here's the deal. This past year, during a year of sickness, during a year of quarantines and businesses closing, layoffs, and just a downright depressing time, we learned that we needed each other, didn't we? We learned that we needed each other. We learned that our health care workers and our first responders are true heroes in every sense of the word as we saw them tirelessly and sacrificially taking care of those who were sick and those who were dying alone. We learned that our school teachers, administrators, and all those who work at the school and drive buses can rise above the greatest challenges that can be thrown at them and still teach and educate our children and keep them safe. Over this past year, we've learned to have a greater appreciation for our neighbors, a greater appreciation for helping one another. Lynette and I experienced and saw this firsthand as throughout the quarantine and time of pandemic, people would just randomly drop by from time to time to drop off a meal or, or, or a treat just to let us know that they're thinking about us and miss us. 
we should have learned a greater appreciation for gathering together with friends and family. But you know what? We should have even a much greater appreciation for gathering together as the body of Christ every week. Being able to do that. This past year has taught us so much about our need for neighbors and our need for community and our need for the body of Christ. And why Jesus taught about its importance. The importance of our neighbors. The importance of community. And the importance of the church. Those who truly love God. Will love their neighbor. And so what do we do as the church? Well I loved it. As soon as it began and. Uh, events begin to unfold. We begin to have people in our church that were starting to make and to sew masks for healthcare workers and first responders because there was a shortage of N95s. <laughs> Many contacted us about ways that they could help other people or somehow do something for someone who might be in need. And although we had to postpone our on-site gathering for worship for a short period of time and go to our online services that I, oh, by the way, said we would never do as long as I was your pastor, people needed to go to church. We weren't going to put it on the computer. Just give them a reason not to go, I said. I ate those words. I'd actually spoken those words just a month prior to this happening. But even though we weren't coming together physically during that time, you know what I saw? I saw you still be in the church outside this building. I saw the church being the church outside these walls and in the community and in your neighborhoods. And you were so faithful to the church. I'm talking about the Greenbrier Church of the Nazarene during that time to not only join us online, but financially. We had an incredible year. Our church year just ended on April 30th. And as I look back... I'm amazed at what God did through you guys. When we spent a lot of that time not gathering together, you were still faithful in your finances, in your tithing. And we're going to celebrate some of those statistics in the next few weeks. But because of your faithfulness, we were able to continue to financially support a great ministry here in our community called Soaring Wings. To be able to care for less fortunate children. We assisted the Bethlehem house with food for needy women and children. We assisted the Soul Food Cafe in Conway financially so that they could continue to distribute food to the hungry and the homeless. We had several ministry opportunities that came up that we were able to be a part of and meet in our local school district helping less fortunate students in our community. Friends, here's the deal. 
We need each other. And this past year has just reinforced that great need and why Jesus put so much emphasis on us loving our neighbor. The second thing that we should have learned from this past year, we've seen firsthand in sometimes uh, a scary way, is the effects of sin. We've seen the effects of sin. This entire world got a real life physical picture of the horror and effects of sin on our world. Because here's the deal. Sin is why misery and suffering and sickness and death exist in this world to begin with. When God created the world, He repeatedly used the word good. God saw that it was good. And good means a world without COVID. A world without sickness. A world without death. That is good. That's how it was created. That's how it was meant to be. But we know that it was human sin that brought the curse of disease, sickness, and death into this world. Paul said in Romans chapter 5 that because of sin, the curse of death was passed to all men. Look at what he went on to say in chapter 8. His writing to Romans starting at verse 20. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. See words here like curse. Death and decay. Groaning as in pain of childbirth. Friends, these are all descriptions of global devastation and misery. And it's all a result of man's rebellion and sin. And sadly today, it seems whether a person is a proclaimed Christian or they're not, we often live our entire lives taking sin so lightly. It seemed to have crept into the church. We often live our entire lives never truly grasping the ugliness and the devastation of sin. And we've kind of got to a point in our world today to where everything that is sin now is to, consi- to be considered, you know, it's not really that bad. And we justify it. We make it okay. We allow it into our homes. We allow it into our families. And we justify it. And we say things like, you know, I know that I need to be a better person. Don't look at me, I'm not perfect. 
or we look at those other people say, I'm not as bad as them. Or God will forgive me, so it'll be okay. But hear me this morning. Sin against God is a deadly, serious thing. And people should quit taking it so mildly, especially the church. The physical suffering and death that this world has experienced over this past year has been screaming this at us. Are we listening? Have we paid attention? This past year I've been reminded through my own physical pain and sickness that God is trying to tell us that something is dreadfully wrong in this world And it's all a result of sin. Everything I've been through this past year, everything that this world has been through this past year is all the result of sin. And the effects that COVID has had on this world is a picture of how bad sin actually is. And I pray that all of us have learned How ugly and deadly sin is in our world today. And we of all people should have never taken it lightly. Laughed about it, joked about it, acted like it wasn't a big deal. When people around us were truly suffering and dying. What have we learned? From this past year. We've learned that many people give less attention. To what God is doing in this world. And the effects of sin. They give the way their hair looks more attention than they give these things. They give more attention to how their lawn looks. Than they give the, uh, what the effects of sin is doing in our world this year. Over this past year, we should have found ourselves grieving over the effects of sin that we've seen in our world that have led to death and people facing the judgment who were not ready to face the judgment. The third thing that we should have learned is this. This should have been a wake-up call. This should be a wake-up call To be ready for the second coming of Jesus. I'm not standing up here making a prediction. I'm not that stupid. (laughs) We know people all throughout history have made predictions about when Jesus was going to return again. One of the more, uh, uh, not famous, but one one of the the more something. Huh? Well known. Thank you. Um, was in 1988. Uh, There was a book that came out. It was a Christian scientist that had done all this research, gathered all this information. And he wrote this book called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come Back in 1988. And it was a hot seller. It was extremely popular in the church. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people were buying into it. 
He didn't predict, he didn't predict the actual date. He gave it a date range, like a three or four day period in uh, September of that year. And of course, that time came and passed, and Jesus didn't come back. I kid you not, he came out with another book called 89 Reasons Why Jesus Would Come Back in 1989. Because he claimed that he had miscalculated by a year because of interpretation of the original language. He missed it again. Or we missed it, one of the two, I don't know. But here's the deal. Scripture tells us no one knows the day or hour. But that doesn't mean that he's not coming. That doesn't mean. That it's not going to happen. Jesus is coming again. And scripture points to the fact that it could be at any moment. It says he'll come like a thief in the night. Unexpectedly. When no one is anticipating it. When no one is expecting it. Think about a thief. Do they call, make an appointment, and let you know they're coming? No. They show up when they think you won't be expecting them. He comes when you're not looking for it. But don't miss this. Jesus said no one will know the day or hour. But he also said... There would be some signs that would point to that event coming. He said there will be some signs of the second coming of Jesus. He said there would be wars, rumors of wars. There would be famines, diseases, earthquakes, plagues. Natural disasters. And he described it like this. He said these things, these natural disasters, these diseases, these plagues, these earthquakes, all these things. He talked about it. He said these things are like going to be like the pain of childbirth. How they, they come uh, suddenly and severely. And then they pass, but, but, but uh, they, they keep coming, and they get closer together, and then you have the birth of the child. And so, here's what we can learn from that, friends. Yes, this world will continue to experience things like COVID, things that are called natural disasters. and we. But here's the deal. We as the church of all people must understand that these events that take place and these things that happen are pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming again. Oh, but we think it's a political thing. I don't claim to know when Jesus is coming, but this past year ought to teach us that it's likely not far away. The last words of the Bible are the words of Jesus saying, I am coming soon. Friends, He's coming back and it's closer than it's ever been. And this past year ought to 
show us the signs are pointing to it. The fourth thing we should have learned is this. Life is fragile and we need a Savior. Just in the United States alone, 575,000 people died this past year with complications from COVID. I don't know how many times throughout that I heard, oh, you know, they didn't have, it wasn't COVID, they didn't have, you know, just, I don't give a rip what they died from. 575,000 people in the United States died and faced the judgment. Forgive us if anyone who calls themselves a follower of Christ made light of that. Over 3 million people worldwide have died from complications of COVID. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 13, Jesus talks about a tower that had collapsed on a crowd of people. And it had tragically killed 18 people when it collapsed. And he asked this in Luke's Gospel chapter 13 at verse 4. He says, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. And here's the deal. Pandemics and disasters aren't usually God's way of wiping out bad people. The 575,000 that died in the United States were not all evil people. A lot of Christians went home to be with their Lord and Savior because of that illness. And we celebrate that. But still their families are left with a void and a loss. God doesn't use natural disasters and pandemics to clean up the earth. But they are a message to all people, repent. This past year was a message to every single human being on this earth, repent. Because number one, it's appointed to all men to die and then face the judgment. Any of you that have ever been to a funeral that I've done, especially here in the church, I will always take the opportunity at the end of the service, in most occasions, to challenge people about the fact if they're ready to face the judgment. And I'll share with them the passage of Scripture that it's appointed to every man to die and then face the judgment. And then I'll step over here and I'll point at the casket that's sitting here before me and say this. Because when you get to this point, it's too late. It's too late. In this life you're living right now on this earth, James, the brother of Jesus, says it's like a vapor compared to the rest of eternity. That's your life in comparison to eternity. Your life is here one moment and then gone the very next moment. And we have seen just how quickly and how random that can happen. 
Noelle sharing with me, she worked COVID unit there at um, the Veterans Hospital. I appreciate her and our health care workers. Thomas, y'all have done <laughs> what I know you never thought you would have to do. But she shared with me how, you know, someone would come in with it and they might be young and healthy and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're dead. And it was just so random and so unpredictable as to who it would get and who it wouldn't get. And we've seen over the past year the unpredictability of life and how random death can be. And if nothing else, this past year should have taught all of us the extreme importance of being ready to face the judgment. Of being ready. The importance of repentance. And being saved while there is still time. Because here's the deal, friends. We, we, we proclaim the gospel. We share the gospel. The good news. And, and I believe sometimes we think that the gospel is sometimes... What I've got to do in order to earn the love of God. What I've got to do in order to be saved and earn salvation. The, the gospel is not that you could somehow love God enough. Or that you could do enough to uh, be worthy of His forgiveness and salvation. The gospel isn't that... You're worthy. You're not worthy. I'm not worthy. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus is worthy and He died for you so that you could have salvation and forgiveness and cleansing of your sins. Jesus is worthy, and He was the only one who could pay the price, and He did that for you. And, bec and because He did that, He now has offered you, He's offered to receive you and accept you and adopt you into the family based on what He's done, not on what you've done. Friends, this past year has taught us a lot but more than anything, it should have taught us just how weak we are. How powerless we are to certain things. How fragile life can be. And oh, how we need a Savior because of that. And if you're here this morning and... This past year hasn't taught you that, then I honestly do not know what else it's going to take. But today I want you to know this world is not going to get any better and it's not going to get any easier in the days ahead. You see, those childbirth pains get closer and more severe as the time approaches. Life is fragile. None of us promised another day or even another breath. And then comes judgment. 
Last I checked, I looked around the room when I got up here. I believe that all of us here today can say that up to this point, we've survived COVID. Would you say? Everybody breathing? It's here this morning? So up to now, we've all survived COVID. Although tragically, there are still people dying every day with it. But right now, we've all survived it up to this point. But nonetheless, all signs are still pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming again. And to that, I would ask you, bluntly, are you ready for that? Are you ready? Because this past year should have been an eye-opening event, not only for the world, but also for the church. And those that profess to be a Christian, but aren't living their lives under the leadership and authority of Christ. The most important thing we should have learned is this. Are we ready to meet Him? Are we ready for the judgment? And if you're sitting here this morning or perhaps you're watching online, I've just got one question for you. If you're not ready, why aren't you? If you're not ready, why aren't you? Because with one decision and one prayer today, you can be. And after what we've been through over this past year, what else will it take to get your attention? I don't know. And I'll close this morning with this verse that we opened up with out of Luke chapter 12, verse 56. Jesus says, hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Church, don't miss this. Jesus, again, was talking to very religious people here. They were worried about their rules. They were worried about their control. They were worried about what kind of power they had. They were worried about their government. They were so distracted by all of these good things. They did not recognize the Son of God. And he called them hypocrites. For not understanding what was going on right before their eyes. Would he say the same of us today? As we've seen events unfold right before our eyes, would he say, how is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? As we watch the world go crazy, 
and see natural disaster after natural disaster and a year plus pandemic that's literally killed millions of people do we not see what's going on or what's coming Maybe it's time that churches today quit playing church and start noticing what's going on in our present time. You know, I preached a few weeks ago, I think the last Sunday that I was here before we left, that I was challenged by something I read. A pastor said, I pray that I would preach like a dying man to dying people. And that's exactly who I am as I stand before you today. And that's exactly who you are. Maybe it's time that churches quit playing church and start loving people into the kingdom. So that they would know Christ. Time is running out. And it breaks my heart. To see the things. That people who call themselves a part of the church. Are so concerned about in the world that we live in today. After millions have just lost their lives. And faced the judgment. So many in the church today are more concerned about. Their gun rights. Worried about who's president or not the president. Worried about our 401ks and what the economy's going to do. Worried about gas prices. We spend more money on our lawns and our pets than we do to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We spend more money on our lawns and our pets than we do helping the poor and the needy and showing them the love of Jesus so that they might come to know Him and accept Him as their Savior. How is it that we don't know how to interpret this present time? How is it That we don't know how to interpret what's right before our eyes. May God search our hearts today. May God search my heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you today most of all for your love. Because it was out of your great love for us that you sent your son to die on a cross for my sin so that I could be forgiven and I could be cleansed and I could one day Gather with the saints around the throne of God, singing praises to the Lamb. You are the only way. Your Son, Jesus, is the only way 
to experience that. And when I die and I face the judgment, I'll have an advocate there with me that'll say, His sin is under the blood. And God, I believe that there are a lot of people today who profess to be Christian because it's the popular thing to do. Maybe it makes them look good. It doesn't make other people uncomfortable. But God, they really don't understand the effects of sin on this world and on their life and what it's going to do to their lives, their families, but most importantly, their souls in eternity. And if there would even be one here today that's present or watching online that says, I don't know if I'm ready. God, I pray that they would know today that they are ready. It's, it's as simple as making a decision to accept you, accept your forgiveness and your help. Because when we accept that, you give us help through the Holy Spirit in our lives. Oh, God. How difficult it is to go through life without any help. And so if there be someone watching today that doesn't know if they're ready or not, I pray before they go to sleep tonight that they would know that they're ready. That they would reach out to you. Pray a prayer of forgiveness and acceptance. Surrender their life and their plan and their will to you. God, today I'm, I, I, I'm more focused on my heart. I'm more focused on my attitude. I, I want us as the church, and that begins with me. I'm, I'm the shepherd. God, I want everything that we do to be about you and your grace and your forgiveness so that people wouldn't see us, but they would see you and want to know you and want to give their lives to you. And God, if we are just getting distracted by church stuff or distracted by... If there's anything, God, that is a distraction... To us seeing what you're wanting to do right now in this church and in this community. I pray that you would remove it. And if that's me, if I'm the distraction, God, remove me. I just want your church to be well. I want your church to be found spotless when you return. Help us to be a bride of Christ. That makes our Father so proud of what we're doing and how we're living our lives here on this earth. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for the opportunity to share this good news of the gospel. I thank you for what you're doing in my heart and my life. And I thank you for what you're doing in our church. And what you're doing right now. And what you're going to do in the days ahead. As we go out from this place with our eyes wide open, help us to interpret and to know what's going on at this present time. And may you receive glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
God bless you guys. I love you so much. Hope you have a wonderful